You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? Good morning. It's Thursday, September 10th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Kevin Boylard, an NFL content guy over at CBS Sports. Kevin and I used to work together at 24-7. Now he's covering the NFL over at CBS Sports. Kevin, what's going on, man? Right, not a lot, man. NFL season starts Thursday night. Can't wait, man. This is my dream time of the year. Yeah, so people are probably confused as to why you, an NFL person, are on a college football podcast. And the truth of the matter is that, yeah, like I'm decently excited about the Miami Hurricanes playing UAB tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern on the ACC Network. But I'm honestly more excited about Texans at the Chiefs, 820 on NBC to kick off this NFL season, and that's between the two highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL, we both you know played at marquee schools in Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. But with the NFL kicking off, I was thinking, Kevin, let's get you on it and talk about a few former college stars who are now facing make or break years this season. You've got a few big names on the list, and I'm gonna, you know, I know who they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start with whoever you want and, and I'll ask a few questions. But I'm pretty excited to get into these guys because I think there's, there's one player who I would have told you, well, I knew he would fail, but everybody else I was expecting pretty big things from. Well, let's maybe start with the one who I think you knew would fail since you already mentioned Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes going to head down on Thursday night. It's the third quarterback who was drafted in the first round of the 2017 NFL draft, Mitchell Trubisky. He's heading into uh, a big make or break year with the Chicago Bears. Uh, it's not been good for him. He was able to win a quarterback battle this offseason with Nick Foles. A lot of people thought that Foles would be the starter, considering the Bears traded for him, gave him a big contract extension. Foles is a former NFL or Super Bowl MVP. So for Trubisky to have fended off Foles this offseason, it gives people a little bit of hope that he can actually revive his career in 2020 most college football fans every college football fan was shocked when he was taken over Mahomes and over Watson in particular in 2017 he you know goes number two overall after one nice season at North Carolina it was really good 4,000 yards almost 30 touchdowns six interceptions what has held Trubisky back in the NFL so far the biggest thing I think that's holding him back is that his athleticism isn't translating to the NFL. If you go back and look at him as a recruit, he was a four-star dual-threat quarterback. And you see the way Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson can use their legs to kind of uh, 
buy them time or make a play when something's not immediately there. Trubisky hasn't been able to do that. And the one time where we did see it was during the 2018 season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he threw for six touchdowns, but it was like he was throwing on air. The Bucs defense was among the worst in the league. It has been against the pass over the past couple of years. Athletically, I really don't think there's a throw in the game that Trubisky can't make. It's something mentally uh, that it, it prohibits him from reading an NFL defense properly, or perhaps it's the pressure of the moment. Uh, this year, if he is able to get all his ducks in a row mentally, uh, maybe his athleticism starts to flourish because we saw in that Bucks game, he also rushed for over 50 yards. And if you go back and you look at his game logs, his best statistical passing performances have come with solid rushing production. Last question on him. What's, what's his short-term, long-term future here? I, I would imagine, does he have his fifth-year option picked up or is he going to be a free agent after this one? His fifth-year option was declined by the team this offseason, so he's in line for free agency next offseason. All right, so this might be his last year in Chicago. Regardless, uh, you mentioned Tampa Bay. Let's go, let's, let's, let's go back there, down to Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette, a college legend, recruiting legend, number four pick in 2017. That's high for a running back, even a college football fan. Even an LSU fan would probably admit that. Uh, those three years in Jacksonville went by pretty fast and weren't very good. Uh, what sort of situation is LF seven facing now in Tampa Bay on an offense that's, you know, got, got a few other big names too. Well, Fernet came out this week and said that he finally has a real quarterback. And if you look at the quarterbacks he's played with in the NFL, he played with Gardner Menchu for the majority of last season with some sprinklings of Nick Foles. He had Blake Bortles before that. Even go back to his time at LSU, and he's had Danny Etling, Brandon Harris, Anthony Jennings. He was in between the Mettenberger and Joe, uh, Joe Burrow eras at Great point. And LSU. So I think a big thing that everyone obviously is talking about, he's not going to face those stacked boxes, those eight-man boxes. However, I also don't want to take away from what he was able to do with a very, very bad Jaguars team last year. He had an, uh, a career high for rushing yards, over 1,100 rushing yards, and he really blossomed, I thought, as a receiver last year with 76 receptions for over 500 yards through the air. So I think if Leonard Fournette can, you know, be in a more expanded or spread out offense where he's not the number one focus, you could see that potential that was there so clearly when he was at LSU, but also before that when he was the number one recruit in the country. That's interesting that he's catching passes now. When I think of Leonard Fournette, I don't think of that. And I, you know, I think of a, a pass catcher running back like a Camara or a McCaffrey. His fifth year option was obviously declined. Uh, by the Jags as well, and he's he's clearly no longer there. What's his what's his outlook, Kevin? Have a good year in, in Tampa Bay, and and try to get a little bit more money than we think he's worth yeah. on the open market. Yeah, and he is filing a grievance currently with the Jaguars to try to get some of that money back. Um, but I think that he is definitely much happier in Tampa Bay, and that's a big factor with all of these players. And another one we're going to be talking about here in a bit, but. Uh, you know, so much of NFL success is where you land and uh, not necessarily where you're drafted or who you were in college. So Leonard Fournette, I think, uh, could be rejuvenated uh, in Jacks or in Tampa Bay and look like a completely different player, even though he wasn't that bad in Jacksonville. All right. Next up, uh, let's we just did a running back. 
Let's go Clowney. Jadavian Clowney, perpetu- you, you made the point when we were texting. He's, he's always in a make-or-break year, it seems like. His, he's on the Titans now, his third team in three seasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, come, it's come quick for Clowney. Uh, you know, he started last year with the Texans but was traded to Seattle before the year. Uh, and then the, Seattle was kind of in the running for re-signing on this offseason, uh, but he dragged out that free agency all the way until just last week when he signed uh, with the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a story when you talk about Clowney is the hype level is so high uh, and it never really matches on the field. This is a guy who's never had a double digit sack season in the NFL, yet you know he makes an impact because he's got four defensive touchdowns in the past three years. So with Clowney, it's all about consistency. Uh, luckily, he is with uh, Mike Vrabel head coach of the Tennessee Titans, who was his defensive coordinator during his best years in Houston. Uh, perhaps Vrabel can draw out of Clowney the best that we've seen so far. And, and he certainly has the potential, but he's going to be 28 next offseason. It, it's time for him to cash in and quit it with these one-year deals. Well, you mentioned cash in, and he signed that one-year deal worth up to $15 million in Tennessee. Miles Garrett? The number one overall pick in 2017, also a defensive end, this offseason signed a five-year, $125 million extension. So like I, I think if, if money talks, you're right. Clowney probably won't ever meet the hype that we had coming out of recruiting and college. Mm-hmm. And, Which is, yeah, you know, I just, I, that's shocking. But and jo- you mentioned the consistency. Joey Bosa got paid even more than that. Look at the other guys like Daniil Hunter around the league. You're seeing regularly defensive ends, edge rushers, the premier caliber, making more than $20 million a year. I think that's what Clowney want and thought he deserved, but the production hasn't been there since he's been in the league. The consistency hasn't been there since he's been in the league. Therefore, he's signing a one-year deal worth far less than what he believes he's worth. So I threw out Sony Michelle to you. I want to see if you like that as someone who's a make or break. And I, his career is very young, but two years ago when he was the number 31 overall pick by the Patriots coming out of college. Some people thought he might have a better NFL career than Nick Chubb, his Georgia teammate. That's probably a little bit off, but he had a really good rookie year. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and I didn't even know he his third-year outlook wasn't as good until my recent fantasy draft when he was like available on almost the last round. And I'm sitting here saying, what's going on with Sony Michelle? So please tell us. Well, I wish I could tell you. Sony Michelle is a huge mystery. And part of that is just the big mystery surrounding the Patriots. What are they going to look like in the post-Tom Brady era? Uh, what are they going to look like in this strange COVID-19 offseason or after this strange offseason? Uh, are they going to have a different plan of attack with Cam Newton as their quarterback now? I think that's going to be the case. I think that Bill Belichick is going to try to install a run-heavy offense, and that actually favors Sony Michelle uh, because the one running back that we kind of know who's going to have a role in this Patriots backfield is James White, who's the pass-catching back. Sony Michelle is not much of a pass catcher. He's only caught 19 passes in his first two years in the NFL. So that means they're going to need a guy who's going to be the lead ground-and-pound guy. Now, will Sony Michelle be able to do that? The, to, 
with the efficiency that he did during his rookie year when he was averaging over five yards per carry, or is it going to look more like last year when he was averaging about 3.7? Sonny Michel, I think, is a classic case of when you see someone in a smaller, reduced workload and they're super efficient, you start to project how good they could be. And then once you feed them the workload, uh, they get weighed down a little bit. Um, Sony Michelle is in a make or break year in this year three because we're going to find out whether he can be a true bell cow back for this new look Patriots team. So last year when you were living in Nashville, we were hanging out and you told me it was like week two or week three. You're like, Baker Mayfield might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And I, I'm a big 12 guy. I, I just thought you were insane, Kevin. But the stat line bore that out. 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. He's a loud guy. That last offseason was, was probably over the top as far as commercials and, and you know comments and all that stuff from him. And I think he like was photographed and... I don't know, fur and holding dogs on a leash and it just didn't work out. So he's, he's now saying all the right things that he knows it's time to get back to work. Do you think a new coach and a new mindset is going to save the former number one overall pick and a former Heisman trophy winner? Well, including interim head coaches, Kevin Stefanski will be his fourth or is his fourth head coach in just three seasons. Um, I think there's going to be a multitude of factors that help Baker Mayfield in year three. Uh, Stefanski is a very run-oriented coach. He's got Nick Nick Chubb at running back, uh, who looks like one of the best young running backs in the league. So I I think as long as they're able to feed him, the offensive line should be improved. Odell Beckham Jr. is healthier than he allegedly was last year. Uh, Those are factors that are going to help Baker Mayfield. Plus, I also think Baker Mayfield is a bit of a late bloomer, is he not? Wasn't he in college? He had to transfer, and it wasn't until you know later in his year that he really explode onto the scene um, and, and become the star that he was. Uh, so I do think that a lot of Baker Mayfield's success will be dependent, like when we were talking about Fournette and the Jags, like the Browns are that same type of franchise. A lot of his success is going to be dependent on can the Browns get it together? And if they can, then I do think Baker Mayfield will reap the benefits. Um, but it starts with him. And I think there are factors working in his, in his benefit this year. Um, but overall, uh, Baker Mayfield's got to put it together this year because he really set himself up with, like you said, Uh, A lot of the off-season talk last year, a lot of the hype around the Browns. The hype train has officially left the station for the Browns, and maybe that's a good thing for Baker. So in college, he eventually became the guy and was just big man on campus, face of college football, Fu Manchu, planting a flag. He tried to do that last off-season and fell on his face, and probably, I'm guessing, like no one in his locker room really picked that up. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time imagining... Odell Beckham being like, yeah, I like what you did there, Baker. So I'm just like, has his off season, Kevin, you said the hypes left the station, but in interviews and in appearances, has he just, is he a different guy now? I'm not so sure if he's at all changed, but I don't know if he needs to change necessarily for just, he needs to play up to the way he speaks and the way he acts, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing Uh, But as I mentioned, there's factors that are completely out of his control. And also, I think uh, Stefanski, while schematically offers some really good things for Baker, uh, 
is not a sure bet. He's a rookie head coach. You know, after last year, they had a rookie head coach in Freddie Kitchens. Ultimately, someone's going to have to win over the locker room. Uh, I know Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach, current Cowboys coach, was on the market this offseason and looked like the perfect guy for the job. I think if McCarthy was the coach in Cleveland right now, people would be a lot higher on Baker Mayfield and the Browns going into this year. Uh, the fact that Stefanski is the coach and people don't really know what to think about him uh, is, is why people are kind of shrugging their shoulders and not sure what to think about Baker uh, heading into this season. So this will be his third year. Third year. So when does the fifth year option come into play? When does that get picked up or declined? They have to have, yeah, they'll have to pick it up before his fourth year or decline it. Would he have to absolutely be horrible to not get that picked up? Yeah, I actually be? think even if, you know, he'll have to show some progress from last year, a little bit of a bounce back, but he's not on Mitchell Trubisky level, okay. in my opinion, where uh, they're even probably considering, or it's even a question. At, at this point, let's put it this way. If it had to be picked up this offseason, it would have been picked up. All right. Well, I, that's this is all really interesting stuff. I look forward to... Kevin, having you on more throughout the season and checking on rookies because in some parts of our country, we're not playing football. And I, I bet you all Ohio State fans will be kind of locked into how the Boses and how Chase Young is doing this year. Before I let you go, and I sound like I'm on the radio, like I'm a shock jock or something. Chiefs probably winning tonight. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I do not think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but only because it's really rare for a team to go back to back. We haven't seen it since the early Patriots dynasty. So I think the Chiefs will be the top contender. They may even get there again, but someone else will knock them off. All right, Kevin Boiler, thank you so much, man. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.